0: Your presentation welcome back to another untitled movie review i am one of your hosts matt rorbeck alongside he's allergic to tomatoes but he is tomato meter approved eric marchin matt you're looking a little de-aged today looking young you know that's why i got the the beanie on and the hoodie up you know gotta look young just like Catherine keener you have that uncanny valley look (laughs) uh today we are reviewing sean levy's the adam project starring ryan reynolds mark ruffalo jennifer garner a 13 going on 30 reunion right yeah well even with um katherine
1: keener Uh, Catherine Keener and Mark Ruffalo were in Where the Wild Things Are. There we go.
0: Uh, Walker Scobell, uh, Catherine Keener and Zoe Saldana. It is now streaming on Netflix everywhere. Eric, how are you this Saturday afternoon?
1: Well, I'm I'm good for the fact other than that we're reviewing The Atom Project, (laughs) which is such a derivative mashup of movies that you could be enjoying whether it be et or back to the future or any amblin film uh directed by spielberg or joe dante or robert zemeckis and watching this you know like it's it's perfectly inoffensive but that's almost why it's so vulgar to me in a way that it just doesn't do anything other than the smart or the thing that it thinks it's doing that's smart is that it's quoting these movies that it's referencing even star wars like the whole speeder bike yeah. chase in return of the Jedi and, and on Endor, it's just like, okay, we get what you're referencing. Like it's so surface level. Oh, and they talk and about sentiment. lightsabers
0: multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> so but he
1: thinks it's, it's clever by referencing yeah, those by things. being so self almost like, yeah. yeah, by beating you to the punch to criticize them. It's like, we already know we're doing it. <sighs> you could tell. Let I it out, buddy. Movie. Let uh, it just, out. I don't, it Go bothered ahead. me. I, it bothered me because again, before we started recording, we were talking about Sean Levy's filmography and, mm-hmm. He is like the perfect kind of like middle of the road curator, company man, filmmaker, and there are varying degrees of the these Ron guys. Howard
0: of popcorn movies,
1: <laughs> but even Ron Howard has had some know. hits and like yes. I think again, one like, in every
0: 10, you might get a Ron Howard banger. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but even J.J. Abrams, who like in my Rogers review, I compared this right off the bat to Super 8, and that's as truly as derivative as a Spielbergian kind of an action-adventure movie as you can get, but mm-hmm. at least that had some heart and passion in it. And, you know, you look at Matt Reeves, who's just done the Batman and and J.J. And Abrams and Spielberg and and even, you know, Ron Howard, these guys are, I mean, Spielberg, I think generally does have great talent but the other guys they're they're company men and and they're only as good as the sum of their parts and if they're smart enough and have enough taste they can kind of assemble something that resembles you know nostalgia and something that you grew up with and you loved but at the same time it does its own thing or it becomes its own thing as the story progresses or you really begin to care about the flawed protagonist and the characters as they go on their adventure with Levy's films as a director, I've never gotten that sense. And even with free guy, which was, you know, you mentioned it. I think this is a perfect term to coin in terms of giving a filmmaker, a soft pass. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: his whole three. filmography to me is that, yeah, it's like yeah, a three I mean, out like five.
1: his his peak was with three episodes of Animorphs because he's a Canadian <laughs> director and and started like as an actor as well. Like he he was in that horrible Adam West um movie called uh, Zombie Nightmare, and then also was in The Kiss and and things like that, and you know became a filmmaker. But he's also a good producer. Like I can't deny like some of the films that he's produced, whether it be Danny Villeneuve's Arrival or even The Spectacular Now, like he does at least know on that capacity. And obviously with stranger things, I feel which like is derivative Cod... in a
0: good way. Right. Kind yeah. Of and stranger then stranger things,
1: yeah. things like, yeah, I, I still have problems with stranger things I know as you well, do. but I... at least with stranger things there, there's enough there to justify its entertainment value. And you can kind you kind of get the sense that when Sean Levy probably came across the script, which has been written by four people and you can kind of tell that it is again, this mishmash of ideas, kind of all kind of, coming together to create this time travel paradox where Ryan Reynolds plays uh, a hotshot pilot in 2050 who steals uh, this wormhole jumping ship to go back to um, 2022 and goes to basically correct or rectify um, a problem with uh, the past that will affect the future and runs into his 12 year old self kind of almost in a like, et-esque kind of way that elliot discovers uh et the first time and then from there it's them kind of i forgot that
0: et is just a future elliot you know He he, kind of is in, in
1: in a way. Like he's he. I mean, like he's that old, right? He's so wrinkly. Yeah, 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 Um, but but that's kind of what it is. Like when 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 uh, Walker Scobel. Oh, oh to version, the shed and
0: finds him. Yeah, it's exactly that. Yeah, yeah
1: like you're just waiting for. Like, I was thinking like, oh, is Rocker Scobel or or Walker Scobell going to pull out like a bag of Reese's Pieces and like lead Ryan Reynolds back to the house? <laughs> it's that. It, it is that formulaic and it's and it's um structuring and and predictability. Um, but yeah. And, and then the plot kind of gets into the idea that like, okay, do we go back further? Like, what do we do in terms of rectifying things and how will they change the course of history? Yeah. And there's this father son sort of subplot involving Mark Ruffalo, who's basically, uh, the, uh, inventor of time travel. Um, and how that kind of relationship is a little bit more prickly than like a classic kind of, um, Ron Howard movie or Spielberg film. I mean, Spielberg is actually one of those guys who obviously gets criticized for being very sentimental, but he does take a very harsh stance when it comes to the dynamic of separation between family members. Like mm-hmm. you look at E.T., the father's completely absent in that yeah. film. You look at Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Richard Dreyfus's character is somewhat neglectful of yeah. his family. And, and Spielberg, for the longest time, was always very critical and harsh of his father arnold Mm -hmm. for for leaving them and he didn't have the full story and know what exactly went on and so you see that in in some of spielberg's earlier work and with this Mm -hmm. like it just kind of feels again just very paint by numbers that they're following something that's been done better but also had a reasoning this is just this is just a copy copy and paste and it may be like free guy more which is uh, i guess an accomplishment so anyways, yeah. Matt, I'm going to let you go because like, I, no. I'll, I'll ramble on about a couple other things once we get, we'll get we'll into get it. We'll
0: get into it. I mean, and I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. I think, like, again, when I – soft pass to, you know, Sean Levy is my, my thesis statement for him. Soft where, pass. Sh- sh- soft
1: pass. Just, Sean.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a tongue twister. Soft pass. Sean. Yeah. And I, which is, I think, totally fine. Like, I, I think he's a perfectly okay – middle-of-the-road, you know, popcorn filmmaker that, you know, journeyman, whatever you want to say, or, you know, uh, but I, I'm i totally fine with this movie. I was totally fine with Free Guy. I was totally fine with Real Steel. I'm, like, the thing I like the most is probably Stranger Things that he, you know, directs a few episodes here or there and produces it. Um, you know, I, I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. I think the movie is rough around the edges. It's janky. It's derivative. There's some uh, questionable... Acting um, from everyone from this kid who's just doing, you know, his best Ryan Reynolds impersonation, which if you guys have heard recent reviews of any Ryan Reynolds movies uh, from Eric and I, uh, I've been on the I'm kind of sick of his shtick train for a while. I like Ryan Reynolds. Um, He seems like a really nice guy. I think he's funny. Uh, I love the kind of stuff he's doing in outside of film with whether it's, you know, his his marketing agency and he just seems like a smart, guy. For funny sick kids guy. as well. I sick think kids, everything he does. I think he's a great guy. I just think he got so stuck into doing the same thing his entire career that I'm just now 20 how long has he been acting 20 30 years um he's so uh, old um Uh, it's just I don't know when pizza place was that was 20 or 30 years ago right like, yeah two guys a girl in a pizza place yeah, yeah like and, that was
1: like the mid what like mid to late 90s and yeah and
0: before that like he would pop up in like
1: an episode of the x-files and things like that and, and so he's star- been around for a while and the
0: sarcastic funny handsome dude thing he's been doing his entire career so and what I actually and then when felt, Deadpool became successful it, it just, just kind ratcheted of, it up to 100 yeah. and then he started getting even more of that kind of role and everything and it for me me it works in deadpool because he's almost perfect casting in deadpool for that because that's you, the character though. yeah but when you bring that into other things all the time it just doesn't show a lot of range and in this it's obnoxious movie, to be fair he seems a little toned down because they had to let the kid be the obnoxious ryan reynolds caricature which is almost like all right Reynolds himself seems a little toned down because he has to be the adult in this situation, um, even though you see a little bit of that throughout the movie. Uh, But then you get this kid where, you know, it was grating to me that this kid is just doing his best adult Ryan Reynolds impersonation that you've seen in 50 other movies before. Um, But when it comes to, like, the action and, you know, the plot, it is derivative. The action sequences are are derivative. Um, But I found myself, like, not hating any of it, which is, like, the softest pass you can give something. I thought some of the emotional... Soft
1: pass, Sean. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I thought the CG looked brutal at times. Uh, I I wrote a note saying, like, why do Netflix movies just always look bad. <laughs> like well, especially their, just...
1: their 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 sort of blockbuster yeah. gambles, right? It's like... almost
0: just like they have enough money, but it's whether this the it just never seems like enough. Like on when it comes to the CG, it always has like a sci-fi original movie feel to it at times, which is just like, man, they needed to put a little bit more into the CG in this movie. And we'll get into a specific thing very, very soon. Um, but I, I did think that there were some genuinely sweet moments. I like the moment in the bar with Uh, Ryan Reynolds and Jennifer Jennifer Garner Garner. and like I actually thought that was a genuinely sweet moment and um, there are those scattered throughout the movies whether it comes with relationships with yeah with your father your mother uh, with a single mom and and things like that so I mean I went back and forth with going like I'm having a perfectly okay time watching this to then going oh that looks not so great or kind of rolling my eyes at a line or like uh, corny stuff like the I've got timeline or is, is this time travel or the future is coming sooner than you think is that a lightsaber in, that's a like, lightsaber it's just it, it's a little much and and it kind of overstays its welcome um but you know for the first half of it I was like oh this is a perfectly enjoyable family film and yeah it might be you know derivative of a hundred million other things that you might have seen, but a lot of kids might not have seen that stuff. And I always go back to, I understand where you're coming from, Eric, but like, I think stuff like this is fine. That is, you know, riffing off a lot of that stuff. And then my only hope from it is that they do get interested in that other stuff or the parents that they're watching them with goes, Oh, you know what? This really reminds me of those movies that you're referencing, Eric. And then maybe they show their kids that because this is a movie meant for kids, you know, 12 and under. Right. And like, I, I I do hope that, you know, with what, where we're at with streaming and these kids that are so used to this stuff that this is where they go, you know, this is where they'll go to because there's a new movie with the guy who they've seen in a bunch of things and the guy from the Avengers and stuff like that. And then they go, oh, cool. And their parents watch it with them and they suggest something else. So, like, I, I that stuff doesn't bother me too too much um because i do hope it's a gateway to that other stuff but you know what it's just one of those movies that i'm like okay it's perfectly okay and i think that's okay um but then you know when they get sean levy gets announced for deadpool 3 which you know i i like the deadpool franchise enough but that i'm like all right cool so i saw a tweet that's like ryan reynolds making sean levy his like go-to director just kind of completely makes sense because his cuz it's just like uh, you know what you know what you're getting every single time and it's probably not going to be awful it's Well also it's probably
1: going to be PG-13 right like Sean Levy like I I've, I've got Deadpool his
0: film so Deadpool won't be you think but but it might I don't know. but but
1: I think Levy's more of a company man where you know like he will play ball with Disney and obviously he's had a working relationship with them more recently with Free Guy yeah. So, like, I could see them making a PG-13 version of Deadpool because if they're going to bring that character in some way into the MCU, they have to kind of. They
0: have said they're going to make it R though. So, like, oh, okay. I think Cause, that because because Kev-
1: like, Kevin Feige even was talking about not Deadpool recently, but even like with. Blade saying that there's no there's he has no interest in making any of the Marvel properties R rated and that it would yeah. be PG thirteen at the highest. And so, Blade is a character that also feels like he should be an R-rated character within the MCU. Even even the way that they're marketing Moon Knight right now. Well they
0: they're testing it with Moon Knight. Like Moon Knight's the first like uh 14A or whatever, or like mature uh, maybe not mature in the u.s but like it has a higher rating than just their classic like pg stuff so they are kind of trying to push the boundaries with that stuff but anyways that's a separate conversation with the deadpool thing but we'll go over another time but are you, yeah, ready, I don't are know. you ready to go through this wonderful filmography <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so I, I don't know like i thought some of the music was fun um i you know i had a perfectly okay time which is like not the best criticism but like um i think some of it works and you know it kind of goes through the motions like you're saying and and you know and the Catherine keener de-aging is one of the worst things i've ever seen in my entire life it <laughs> looks like they basically took the same um
1: software that they used for tron legacy and just which was how many years with ago that. yeah it was what 2011 yeah. and or 2010 and so with that it, it just like Again, we've seen recently that some de-aging works well enough, especially with Spider-Man No Way Home being so successful with at least Alfred Molina. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, if 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 you can do that and Netflix has the money to make that work. It just kind of feels like, oh, were they rushed and they just kind of had to put something together. It would work better it that would be more forgivable in something like Free Guy, because at least you could say, oh well, it takes place in a in in a virtual reality of of some sort. But which they had some
0: of that, right? With the Ryan Reynolds weird-looking jacked (laughs) dude looked awful, but it made sense for a video game. (laughs) Like so yeah, you can kind of give it that soft pass on on that
1: aspect of the filmmaking, but here the other thing is, well, we know what Katherine Keener looks like when she was younger. I mean, she's done a ton of indie films from like the late 80s, early 90s. And also, I mean, you sent me a photo of her on on uh, guest spotting on, on Seinfeld, but like even being John Malkovich, which, mm-hmm. you know, she got her first Oscar nomination for. Like y- you have that frame of reference and it's the same kind of distracting kind of quality that like even the Irishman had, which is, again, speaking of another Netflix production that had over – you know, $200 million to work with and, and, and sort of, you know, the time to try to tinker with the aging De Niro, but because you've seen De Niro in, you know, all those early Brian De Palma movies and Scorsese films, it's just like, you you know what he looks like. And when you see the uncanny Valley version of him, it takes you out of the film. And I think the, where they place Katherine Keener's version later on in the movie is probably one of the, biggest problems with the film because i think if you had maybe a little bit more time you'd kind of be more forgiving but because it is almost at the beginning of the last act of the film it's like okay you've just you've just shown me this horrifying creature <laughs> this, yeah. this, this non-person uh and everybody's acting like she's flesh and blood and it's just like no this does this doesn't work and and then that's all you'll remember from that last act and obviously from the rest of this movie um i i i will say as well i agree that the jennifer garner bar scene is the best and is the one moment that kind of feels like it came from another film (laughs) all entirely because it is much more subtle and
0: earnest It's kind of when the movie clicked for me where I'm like, oh, that was genuinely good. And then some of the others – and then I went back and forth with going, ugh, this doesn't look great. Or, oh, that was genuinely a tender moment or a good moment or something like that.
1: And I will also say that I think Mm -hmm. like even though I I found Walker Scobell annoying, I don't Mm -hmm. think it's his fault. I think he was directed to give – an impersonation of a younger Ryan Reynolds, which is also just strange because I disagree with what you're saying with, I think Reynolds, he's not obviously at 12, like the kid is, but the idea of somebody being the exact same in a mirror reflection. So it's like, Oh, like we do the same things and we have the same. It's like, well, you grow up over time and you change. And it's like, so you're telling me the 12 year old version of this character is basically the same person and remembers all the little details about growing up. Yeah. Like I can barely remember like what I ate yesterday for, (laughs) for dinner, let alone, you know, like the fridge being, you know, closing a certain way, you know, like, it's just like, it, it, it kind of takes those liberties and it's like, okay, so he's basically been a man child for like, 30 plus years of his life a metaphor for ryan
0: reynolds career
1: (laughs) yeah he's never grown up in any capacity whatsoever so it's just yeah it's it's strange that it's like okay the the, we're we're gonna you know really focus on the actors you know choreography in these scenes and sort of show you like oh like you know they eat the same way or you know they they touch their face the same way it's like you don't need to do that like you can have certain little moments peppered throughout but like they really emphasize it's like this is the same person you know, even back then he was like this. And then there's even stuff at the beginning of this movie where, you know, he gets suspended from school after a bully punches him in the face and is literally his nose is gushing blood. And, like, there's no conversation about, like, okay, well, he started it, but he didn't physically abuse the other guy. And, like, they're even forcing, like, you know, nicknames or one-lines, like, mullet mouth, in the same way that, like, E.T. did with penis breath. And it's just, like, it's it's trying so hard to be that movie and it just doesn't work because it doesn't have the heart or the structure to really be its own thing. It's just basically kind of going through the motions of what it thinks one of these movies is. It's basically the CGI, the DH Catherine Keener where it literally kind of is an algorithm of what one of trying those to be is. something, but then yeah. doesn't
0: quite nail the look or feel yeah. of it.
1: There's just something so off about it. that it's just like, yeah, I don't like, disagree.
0: I don't disagree. like even the
1: performances. I I normally do like Mark Ruffalo. I don't think he's that good in this movie. I, I think he's kind of no, no, no awkwardly I, I... cast in the role of kind of being the absent minded father, genius, yeah. you know, professor. And even like, the The one moment, like when he's in class teaching everybody and they're kind of kind of showing that he has like, you know, uh, an affability to him, even when like he, you know, points to the one girl and says, oh, I get the face off, you know, shirt thing and, and stuff like that. It's just like it, it doesn't really work.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't disagree. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's a great movie, but I thought it was perfectly serviceable for you know, a family crowd that's just scrolling through Netflix. So I'm going to go um, quickly. I'm just going to go through Sean
1: Levy's. Uh, filmography sure. Here. So big fat liar was kind of like his big breakthrough <laughs> film uh, with Frankie Munez and Amanda Bynes and Paul Giamatti. Then he directed just married with uh, Brittany Murphy and Ashton Kutcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did the remake of cheaper by the dozen and cheaper by mm-hmm. the dozen Two, both with Steve Martin. He did the pink Panther remake also with Steve Martin. So Steve Martin was his Ryan Reynolds before Ryan Reynolds um he directed some tv All shows three night and, at the
0: museum movies yep
1: uh he directed a uh, music video for beyonce uh, a woman like me um he directed date night real steel um the internship this is where i leave you <sighs> um free guys we mentioned the adam project and now he's just been announced to direct deadpool so you know <laughs>
0: It's it's a weird amalgamation of movies, and that's why I keep comparing it to Ron Howard, because I, I agree with you that Ron Howard every once in a while will deliver something that's truly pretty good. Uh where not well, even Ridley here, Scott, right? Like yeah. Ridley
1: Scott's also in that category. Yes. He doesn't really his look own at their, stuff.
0: Yeah, and you look at their filmography, and it's all over the place when it comes yeah. to genre or what the movies are about and things like that. You can kind of see that he has a family vibe to him with the night at the museum movies and his earlier stuff. Um you know, and even real steel to an extent and, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you that it, it's, it's, you know, I, I think every one of those movies you said, I haven't seen a lot of the, his earlier stuff in a very long time. I probably got to go back and out. watch those episodes of Animorphs. I haven't seen Animorphs in so long. I used to I haven't love either. Animorphs though. <laughs> Same. <laughs> uh, I had every book, like fucking a dude turning into a dolphin. Amazing. Um, But yeah, he's, he's a, and I don't mean this as an insult because it's just like, he's just perfectly fine. <laughs> and yeah. like everything he does to me is like, a okay, that was like a three out of five. If you, I take it or leave it, like you watch streaming is perfect for him. Um, like I like feel Adam like, Sandler. <laughs> yeah. Like free guy. And this I'm like, and even the night at the museum movies, I'm like, all of that stuff is like perfect. Disney plus Netflix kind of throw it on for your kids or watching on a Friday night with the family or something like that. And I think that's totally fine. I just don't, I can't see him doing anything more than that. And, um, unless like
1: he kind of like stumbles into the perfect storm where it's like everything is like around him just as good as like he can be on his best day. And like, if he could find a movie where, everything is firing on all cylinders, like the way that the Jennifer Garner, Ryan Reynolds bar scene is, then maybe mm-hmm. he could That's pull true. that off. Yeah. But but again, like you just, you, you can't, you can't not say that like someone can figure it out, but like you look at those, the Ron Howard's, the Ridley Scott's, like those guys like are only as good as their scripts and the people around them. And, and yeah. Ridley Scott does have more of a distinct style than Ron Howard or Sean Levy with kind of like the kind of cool look of his films. But like you look at how kind of, off both like house of gucci as compared to the last duel or the martian like obviously ridley scott has you know a wheelhouse with you know uh biopics medieval kind of films and sci-fi movies but like everything in between that there's a lot of random
0: stuff yeah um yeah so we'll see about deadpool i mean I- i'm curious because it is going to be in the mcu it, it says in uh, January, 2021, Kevin Feige reiterated that the sequel will be rated R and set in the MCU. And I think the head of Disney also said that whether they put it under the 20th century studios banner, which I, or maybe just Marvel studios, I guess that's Marvel studios is its own studios. So it'll be really interesting. And then I was excited to see someone else kind of tackle the material because they had uh Wendy Molyneux and, uh, Lizzie Molyneux Logan uh, doing the script who wrote for Bob's Burgers. Um, And now they have uh, 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 Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick coming back to do a rewrite on the draft, which was the writers from the first two movies. So um, I don't know. I guess it makes sense to bring them back. They're familiar with it. They kind of did those first two movies. Everyone's comfortable working with one another. But uh, I was kind of excited to see someone else's take on it. Um but I'm curious to see how that fits into the MCU. I mean, I would not be surprised if we see Deadpool pop up either in Multiverse of Madness or something beforehand to set that up just cuz when all these universes or maybe he's one of the only few that actually comes over, right, and remembers everything that happened before. I'll be interested. And and I think you know, Levy seems like a perfectly in Deadpool three, I wasn't looking for a Taika Waititi or a James Gunn. Well, I mean, that would be great, either of those guys. But like, well, especially you if know, you're on your third movie, like, why yeah. not go wild? But I guess yeah. because
1: they're bringing this character in for the first time, and he is not an R-rated. And the first property, two did so, so well
0: that you probably just kind of want, you know, gives everyone what they want and do it a little bit differently, <laughs> same but differently. And like, it'll be interesting what other MCU characters, if they do go R-rated, are they going to let some of that stuff, like they did with the X Men characters? like go far it'll be interesting to see and i just i I don't know sean levy uh seems like a uh, you know perfectly fine choice for it and they'll give you know marvel studios and disney kind of what they want with that movie he'll be the,
1: he'll be the next he'll be phase four's
0: version or phase five if 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 the deadpool movie doesn't come out till then of peyton reed that's exactly who i thought dude i i thought the exact same thing so um we'll see uh, I'm going to give The Atom Project a soft pass, which is a 3 out of 5 for me. I thought it was perfectly fine. Sorry, soft pass, Sean. I got to give
1: this a 2 out of 5.
0: <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening or watching. We really do appreciate it. We have a bunch of other reviews we would love for you guys to check out uh, right now. Uh, another streaming movie, you guys can check out a review for Turning Red, which is now streaming on Disney+. Plus. Um, that's probably our most recent thing. Uh, but we also have a spoiler cast and a... A spoiler-free review up for The Batman. So uh, the spoiler-free review would be on this feed right here, or if you're on YouTube, it'll be here as well. Um, and then if you want to watch the spoiler cast, it's on the other channel, Untitled Movie Podcast, uh, which we have kind of our main show. The last two weeks, we've been doing spoiler cast for the after-party for The Batman. Uh, but we'll be back this week with a... Um, An analysis on the Critics' Choice Awards, which are this Sunday, if you're listening to this uh, before then. Uh, Go check that out, 7 p.m. Eastern on the CW and TBS. Eric and I have both voted, uh, and we'll be kind of breaking down all those uh, awards this week on the show. Um, One-stop shop for everything. Just head over to Letterboxd, which is Untitled underscore Movies. Um, probably your easiest place to find everything we do. Uh, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, uh, mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and on Family Feud Canada. And you can follow me, follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck.
1: And I'm Eric Marchand. You can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash Scene and on the social medias at EM6211.
0: Until next time.
1: ET phone home and Ryan Reynolds call your agent.